Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Well, hello, hello, hello out there listening audience. It's your girl, Barbara McGee, and I'm coming to you live in the penthouse with straight talk from the hired brush. Yes, that's right. I'm so excited. It's been a very, very busy week. I know that May is coming in like gangbusters, and uh, we all are overdone. It's 90 degrees in the bay. You know, that's when you call in sick. Hey, I got my co-host here, wealth expert Rodney Best. Hey, Rodney, how are you? I am cool. <laughs> yes, hey, listen, isn't that something when you have to make mention, when you have to reference, hey, I found a way to get cool today? Wasn't it a hot one? I love, you know, I, when I, got, I came to California many, many, many years ago, and one of the reasons I came was because of the heat. I love the heat, and I didn't call in sick, but I sure did go to enjoy the coolness of the day. Can you figure that one? <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, you know, it's uh, very interesting because I was uh, in Oakland. I was in Emeryville today, and then I came across the mountain and was in the Concord area, and, man, I tell you, it was 92, all of it. So. You know, you uh, heat lovers out there, the, the the city is hot, the town is hot. But Rodney, guess what I, else is hot? It's I, was in Antioch. I was in Antioch, and then um, and this fire engine had to follow me out of Antioch. Oh, did it really? Oh, yeah. I, it, it said, I'm it, well, I bet you the fire engine was on its way to the Oakland City Council meeting, the Tuesday night meeting for tonight. Because let me yeah. tell you something. It's hot down there at the city council meeting. The mayor, all the city council members are all under a, uh, a consorted effort by the citizens. I believe tonight uh, and next Tuesday at 7 o'clock at Oakland uh, City Center, where they have the city council meeting, the mayor, Libby Shaft, along with the council members, are being served an eviction notice. Yes, that's right, Rodney. They're being served an eviction notice right as we speak. And next you week, they're also going to serve with signatures uh, of the, the, the people are saying that they are not being equally serviced. Their needs are not being represented. And this all stems from the fact that the rents continue to skyrocket for longtime renters. We're not talking about people who, you know, are – here for a couple of months and then they move, break a lease. We're talking about people who have raised their families and units, have created communities. We're talking about people who have lived in a building 25 years and paid their rent on time, actually helped the purchase of the mortgage of the building. This is the kind of people that we're talking about that are being, uh, the rents are being tripled. Uh, do you know about this, Rodney? I mean, we've talked about it. We've had our series 
Oakland is under attack. And uh, I remember when we used to talk about things like that, I think we were talking about, you know, from the terrestrial side. You know, remember back the 50-foot woman came to town and tore up everything? I remember there were talks about the extraterrestrials were coming in and destroying the city lookout. And now uh, who is it that we have to worry about that's destroying our city? Well, I tell you, I tell you honestly, I I was uh, talking to a couple of uh, homeowners, and um, basically, their feeling is that Kaiser. Now, now get a hold of this. I I, I just I never ran across this, but you know, I, I figured I'd listen to them and say, you know, maybe I can do some investigating. Maybe we can do a show. I don't know, but they're saying that Kaiser is playing a lot on the back of the rent getting completely out of the norm. And I say, well, well what, what do you mean by that? They say, well, do you know, they have traveling nurses and medical professionals that are coming into Alameda County, and these people are getting like a 3500 to a $4,000 a month uh, living uh, rental uh, expense. I said, hold it. Wait a minute. I said, are you serious? I said, how many by the thousand? It's, it's thousands of them. I said most of the, most of the nurses down at Kaiser are are mostly from out of state, and they give them four thousand, five thousand dollars a month to find living expenses while they're working here in the Bay Area. Wow, you know, that's that's very interesting. That's and really I, interesting. Yeah, it, it also is very interesting because uh, it looks like the schema, the mentality. Uh, going forward economically in Oakland uh, is based off the fact that perhaps the people who are in place are not willing or should not be included in the planning for the success of the future. And uh, so he who can survive the rent increase, he who can endure uh, the lack of business, he as if business owners haven't already endured enough. Uh, so it's almost like they're saying we're going forward, not without you, but in spite of you and at your expense. Um, you know, I I really um, am over, I never would have thought that at the 50th anniversary marker for the Black Panther movement, Huey Newton and uh, Bobby Steele and uh, Eldridge Cleaver and, of course, Bobby Hutton, and all the people that I can't call the name, Elaine, uh, um, uh, Kath, uh, Kathleen uh, Cleaver, um, that were part of this movement uh, that put forth out of Oakland that gave us all pride and reset the boundaries and unlifted the veil of racism that we're all suffering, not only nationally, but it turned out to be an international effort. And what we're realizing now is that this is the same city that is going unprotected as this land grab is going down. Now, Rodney, I have a lady, a small business owner on the line right now. She's uh, our special guest tonight. And uh, you know we've already talked about, let's see, we started first with, Rodney, what was our first show about? Can you recap that? Well, I, I, you know what? At <laughs> a at a at a loss of words, I think basically we were talking about the fact of the uh, whole movement of a certain gender coming into the city of Oakland, and mm-hmm. 
and, and basically we were focusing down by the lake where we had people who were saying that the, the um, fact that you, you really couldn't afford any longer to be at the lake and that there was this transgender population that was coming into the lake that was a little bit unattractive for people in the in the uh, in the Oakland Bay area, and uh, then we kind of moved away on from there and, and started looking at how the businesses in the city of Oakland were were being to being generated and, and where their income and their uh, source of revenue was coming from. And lastly, we're now talking directly to someone who can probably put a little bit more on the table to allow our listeners to know exactly what it feels like to be a person firsthand at this. Absolutely. I I love the way you put that. And, uh, yeah, that's what we've been doing. We've been just highlighting different individuals and their struggle, just staying at home, just being a great part of society, and trying to do their contribution by working, having an excellent work ethic, by saving their money, by spending their money in the community, by paying their rent on time, by training their kids right, by church going, by living right, but still finding themselves displaced and homeless. Now, let me tell you, we have a, a lady that is on the line tonight. Her name is Tina Johnson. Let me tell you a little bit about Tina. Uh, Tina and I have never had the opportunity to meet, but... She is exactly who you need for any catering needs because she has catered to you, which is right there at 1711 Telegraph Avenue. Um, She has a very – I have her menu here. I'm already getting hungry. Uh, She has a menu here that's very, very delicious, but it's designed for catering events. Now, Tina, why don't you say hello to the listening audience? Hello, out there listening audience. How's everybody tonight? Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Well, we're so glad to have you in the penthouse. And I'm glad to be here. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about your experience as a business owner and why did you select Oakland and how long you've been in business and were you born here? I was born and raised here in Oakland. So selecting a place to have my business was was not even a second thought. I, I I can't think of any place else that I would have opened up a business. I have been in business now. In fact, I just, uh, this last Sunday, May 8th, was my nine-year anniversary. So um, it's been a challenge. It's been a challenge. Is that the same model? Uh, Did you have a restaurant before? Were were you already? Um, No, I did not already have a restaurant, but I have been in the restaurant business for over 30 years. So this is my first um, business of my own. Uh, I just wish um, I had done it sooner. A lot of people ask me, do I have regrets? Uh, I have no regrets about opening. I just wish I had done it sooner. Uh, But, you know, sometimes we don't want to jump out and and take that leap of faith. So, um, you know. Right. Actually, because, you know, it's, uh, it is the strategy for building wealth, is being uh, an entrepreneur or a small business owner. And when we mm-hmm. have the small businesses in our community and we patronize them, that is the American dream. That's the model. That's how we build community wealth. That's how we uh, stay employed. That's how we have more money because everything is circulating and the machine is working well. Um, mm-hmm. 
I bet you're excited about the proposition of having Uber come right down the street in the Ferris building. How does that make you feel? Uh, well, you know, that's a good question because I, I have not talked to Uber personally. I don't know what their plan is other than what you hear on the street, that, that they should be up and operational, I think, in a, in a couple of years, by 2017. So on one hand, it's very exciting that uh, suddenly you're going to have uh, anywhere from 2,500 to 3,000 people to be potential customers. On the other hand, uh, the question that I have about Uber coming in is that out of the, let's just say, 2,500 employees that they're going to have, how many of those employees are going to be making the three-figure salary? And how many of them will be entry level, you know, making, you know, $60,000, $75,000 a year? Um, as most of us know who live here in Oakland, even if you're making a three-figure salary, uh, let's just say $100,000 a year, you know, five, ten years ago, that could have been considered a, a great living. But in Oakland today, with rent what it is, if at you know fifteen hundred and up for a one bedroom apartment, even if you're making three figures by the time it's taxed and you pay rent and pay a car note and insurance and you know gas, then um, even the person that's making a hundred grand is struggling. So Absolutely. if they're struggling, what about the person? It's already a statistic that the average working person is making uh, forty-five to fifty-five thousand dollars a year. So, if right. it's a struggle for the person that's making a hundred thousand, then what must it be like for the rest of us? Well, here's the interesting thing, uh, Tina. I'm so glad that you called in and you've been so candid with us about your business and about the challenges that you face. And you're right, you know, having a piece of real estate right around that Uber uh, and the way that they conduct business is going to be the tell-all if businesses in that area are going to be successful. Mm -hmm. Now, isn't it interesting that, uh, Rodney, can you believe that at the city council meeting tonight, you know, we have eyes and ears on everything, and I'm understanding that tonight um, uh, they are talking more uh, tonight about the legalization, now listen to this, of more than 100 cannabis dispensaries to open in the greater population of Oakland. 100? Now, 100, yes. That's what, they're, that's what everybody's at the city council meeting now tonight, that is what is on the table. And let me just preface this. Let me just step back and say that I'm drug-free alcohol-free, weed-free, you, know, you know, I'm not into the chronic, okay? But mm -hmm. um, I do want people to understand that this is like such a, such a, um, how do, what's a good word for it? Such a, 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 an unequal uh, situation that blacks have been penalized for the past, 40 years or 50 years, heavily for the possession of marijuana, mm -hmm. the procurement of marijuana, the usage of marijuana, never mind your health benefits, never mind the need 
for marijuana for your economic uh, model. Never mind the fact that you only keep enough to supply yourself and the people around you who use. Forget all those things, Rodney. You know, weed is the new frontier. And, that's true. Uh, you yes. know that that's that's true, Barbara. Up, and I'm a I'm a very I'm a very large supporter of legalizing marijuana in Alameda County in the state of California, simply because simply because, as you stated, we have had our hands in that pie a long, long time, but we have not received the wealth of that pie. In other states that have legalized that, you've seen lives change. And I think if we allow the children 30 years younger than myself and 30 years younger than the concept currently in the uh, uh, state of California to do some honest business about studying the whole uh, uh, understanding of what marijuana can really do to help people, I I, 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 I see a difference. I mean, the Indians smoked a peach pipe for many, many, many years before America was involved, and and they did all right. So I'm looking forward to seeing some new job opportunities created, some new business opportunities. And with the Uber concept, you know, my, my interesting thing would be is how many jobs will it bring will it bring to the current population exactly. in our you know, exactly. that's, that's 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 focus. I mean if they're coming over here, you know, I mean if they could come over here and they're gonna be like a Walmart right on yeah. because are are they gonna bring all twenty five hundred employees from yeah. elsewhere or are they gonna hire a certain percentage of from the existing residents of Oakland. Well, let me just let me let me say this. Let me just cut in here and let me just say I have had a bit of experience with Uber, and if you want me to just call it, okay. If I think about the Sears building as it stands, as I remember it, as I shopped it, as I was in there, I think I got my oil changed a couple of times in the back. I know they have a garage. I, one of the mm-hmm. major things that Uber needs is a place to maintain their massive workforce. The workforce does not use the building at all. The workforce is out on the road in their car. But they do need a place where they could drive people in and check their automobiles, make sure they're certified, make sure that the tires are are, uh, within the legal limit, make sure your license is good. You know, they need a physical inspection point. I could see that that building would be good for that. I could also see that the top upper levels would be really, really good for perhaps um, the infrastructure. So that doesn't mean hiring new Oakland residents. It means bringing over the residents, uh, the uh, excuse me, the employees that they already have, and placing them in the upper floors of the building. That's what I really, honestly think. I think that. Uh, it's going to be a tech hub for and a, a customer service hub for the drivers that they need to manipulate in this area. I don't think they're going to be hiring a lot of people, let's say like Tesla, because they've already done the hiring and Uber has flooded the market. Uh, you know, hey everybody, you're on mm-hmm. Talk with the I hiring. Don't know. 
I, I, I think that Barbara they are going to do uh, quite a bit of hiring. And I'm your girl, Barbara, and uh, we've got a couple of callers on the line. And in the penthouse, okay. we have Miss Tina Johnson. She's a business owner in Oakland, California, at 1711 Telegraph. She owns Cater to You. Let's take our first caller, Rodney. Let's see who's there. Hey, you're on Straight Talk. Did you have a question or comment? We're talking about Oakland being under attack. No, I am actually just tuning in, listening to the conversation. How are you, Sister Barbara? This is Sandra. So oh, I'm just listening and oh, feeling wow. each other's so energy. Excited. <laughs> so excited to have Sister, uh, Sister Sandra Smith, uh, the director at large here in Oakland. And, you know, we uh, just applaud you for all the wonderful things you've been able to accomplish in Thank such a, uh, a, a difficult economy and a difficult Transient environment. Yeah, and we've never really thought we would look at Oakland as a transient place, but that is what it's become. And some of our best talent has receded and has been displaced and have left the area. So, uh, yes, they have. Yes, they have. Definitely. Give us a comment on how your business has been affected with the transition of new people in and old tried and true people leaving with the cultural arts piece that you represent? Well, definitely. I relocated from Oakland to Antioch. So because of, Mm -hmm. you know, just everything just so expensive going on in Oakland and, of course, the transition that they have going on. So to me, to move out to Antioch, it was less expensive for me and I can be able to do much of my production instead of paying such high expensive rent and not able to put that extra funding into my career, into my vision and passion. But since I'm here, I'm able to focus more on my art, like you say, and that's being able to produce more films that people can be entertained by, can enjoy, and just do red carpet events where they can come out and check out my work that I'm doing. So it does help me to save funding to be able to do that since I'm coming out of my own pocket doing my own um, films. I have to relocate where I can be able to do that. So I understand. Well, you know, it's funny when you relocate, uh, Tina. Here's a a lady who's lived in Oakland many years. She's a director. She makes lots of films. Uh, uh, Tina, you know, could you imagine uh, having to move from Oakland uh, and move your business to a place like Antioch, which you're not necessarily familiar with, but uh, in order I, to be able to, I mean, tell us your feelings of that. I uh, have, I've thought about it just a little because I'm determined not to go. I, I'm just determined, I, you know, and I know in the real world that if things continue at the rate that they are, that that may very well become a real uh, possibility of me having to give some serious thought. But as of right now, uh, I choose to believe that things are going to stabilize and uh-huh. that um, uh-huh. I am not going to go. I strongly believe that, uh, you know, if things do not stabilize, that we're headed for another bubble bust. You know, if things can only get uh, you know, it's like a balloon being blown up. You can only blow so much air in it. No matter how much you blow, if you if you if you keep blowing and the balloon is full, it pops. So uh, I, I think that that's what's happening in Oakland at, because it's happening at such a rapid pace 
uh, and things are just going up, up, up till even the person of wealth uh, yeah. knows when to cut their losses. And Absolutely. you can't just keep raising, raising, raising and think that people are just going to continue to pay. Even the person Amen. who has money at some point is going to say, you know what? I'm cutting my losses. I'm moving on to the next city that's that's, that's uh, on a boom. And then next thing you know, we're going to have a bunch of boarded-up buildings uh, like they were before this so-called boom started happening. So I'm choosing to believe that I don't know what's going to happen. Like I said, a a lot of things I do, I I just do based on faith. But I choose to believe that uh, I'm not going to have to leave Oakland. Born and raised here, and I intend to stay here. So, well, I, I, I did I did make a couple of notes, and uh, you guys tell me what you think. I know we've got a couple of callers on the line. Hey, stay with us. You're on Straight Talk, and I'm going to get you in just a second. But I do have a couple of ideas. And, as I, you know, I've worked, you know, your girl has done so many different things. I've been so blessed to be involved with so many different uh, circles of people. And working in the tech industry is very interesting because uh, the walk-up sandwich shop is not the one who will get the business. Believe it or not, it's going to be the cater, uh, the caterer who can bring a luncheon and fulfill the needs of a working lunch. Mm-hmm. I, I believe it will also be the one who's registered with DoorDash and some of these other very hip and unique um, restaurant to uh, customer services that come through Uber because Uber has a branch mm-hmm. that delivers meals. And uh, mm-hmm. so I think if if, if you think um, upscale and if you think the tech that way, I think there's a great chance that you could be included with the uh, phone calls and with the app that they're going to be using uh, to utilize and, and feed the people who are there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Rodney, what do you think about the fact that um, with a company of that size putting – 3,000 people on the ground. I remember, Rodney, going to the Paramount. I know, Sandra, you've been to the Paramount. Let's see. Who did I go see? I want to say I went to go see Frankie Beverly and Mays, and I think I had to park at the lake. So I just just don't know where they're going to put the cars of uh, uh, 2,500 people. What do you say to that? Rodney, is Oakland downtown ready for that? Well, I, you know, I, I looked at the planning that's going on downtown right now, and there are new parking facilities that are being opened. And, I, you know, it's like, for example, over where Chauncey Bailey got shot down on uh, 14th and I think it's uh, Allen, in that where the post office has, had taken over that parking lot, and I understand that that's now going to become a public parking facility, and I don't know whether or not it's going to be, uh, uh, you know, certain uh, levels, but there are a couple of parking facilities that are planned. But an honest answer to your question, though, Barbara, is when they come in, they're going to have their game plan already already, uh, prepared. Now, the thing that I see for us to go back to 
realigning our districts to where we once had and start building a little chocolate city would be the only protection we'll have when the bubble do bust. Because if we start catering more directly to our businesses, we're going to see our dollar getting spent in our community the way that our forefathers actually shown us how to make a city work. We don't have to be the city. We can be a part of the city, and, and that's why I applaud um, the uh, business owner for saying, hey, I'm going to stay here, and I'm going to be here. Now it's our obligation to say, okay, let's get out and support her. Let's do things. Thank you. You know, well, and, abso- and well absolutely. And I love this menu here too, Rodney. You should call right now. Look, we can get Creole uh, <laughs> uh, fried fish. Listen, I-, I wonder does she have turkey on the menu? Are you using turkey, sister? Or do I do do turkey on the catering menu. I I do a turkey sandwich during the day. The catering menu is completely different from the day to day menu. I think what you're looking at is the catering menu. Oh, yes. It, it, you know, I have to tell you guys a funny story. Hey, everybody, you listen to Straight Talk with Iron Brush. I got invited to a wonderful opportunity for my birthday to the A's game, and it was a box seat. It was against the Mariners. It was everything. And I was sitting there, and I thought to myself, gee, I'm a little hungry. And I ordered, and it was so funny. This lady, uh, African-American lady, came and brought me my whole Trey, she said, now, listen, I know you're in here by yourself. She said, but can you believe I have 12 chicken wings that look just like this one, and I got another 12 uh, uh, of the potato skins outside because this is a box. When you order, you got to get enough for the 25 people that are supposed to be in the box. It was just so funny. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Wow. I do understand what you're saying when you have these orders in these uh, larger sizes. Hey, listen, we got a caller on the line. Let's see if we can get some new ideas. Everybody, we're here on behalf of T25CL, www.t25cl, where you can go and download music right now from local artists. And really what we're talking about is supporting local businesses. We have Tina Johnson here who is in Oakland. She has a catering business. It's called Cater to You, and her phone number is 510-208-2522. Select her for your next party. Hold on my here. Let's say we have a caller. Caller, you're on live with Straight Talk from the Higher Press. Did you have a question or a comment? Uh, I have a comment, and I would like to say hel- uh, hello to all of the listeners. Uh, I'm part of the T25 family. This is Corey Jeffries Hi, from uh, Soul Vibration. How are you? Corey. Fine, thank you. How's everybody doing? Let's skip straight to the chase. You guys hit on a whole lot of topics. You were hitting them pretty much right on the head. Let me, let, let me share this with you. Um, uh, 50, 59 years here uh, uh, in Oakland, and, and uh, coming, from, coming from two parents, a mother who was, a school to, who, who was an educator in the Oakland public school system uh, for n- nearly 40 years and a and a, a father who was one of the first African-American police officers here. Uh, I, I can tell you that uh, have, have, having, having shaken hands with Bobby Kennedy off 98th and, and D Street when he was campaigning and coming through Oakland, when my father worked on security detail for, for both him and Martin Luther King when they passed here. Let, let's look at things how they were then and how they are now. The Bay Area, and especially Oakland, is one of the culturally richest 
cities and regions in not California but in the United States. A lot of history uh, mm-hmm. has, has has passed through Oakland. Now Absolutely. here's 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 where we are now. Um, first of all, if if you guys are familiar with the San Francisco Business Times, I would implore you to to subscribe to that wonderful uh, book. You can, and if you're a nonprofit, they have a nonprofit rate for you. Now, I have a nonprofit called the Jeffrey's Peace Program that uh, project that uh, addresses reentry and 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 assimilation back into society for men and women formerly incarcerated by by finding jobs and housing. I also uh, aside from being a member of the T two five family, I have a publishing and media company, Kugelmaw Publishing One Media Networks. Let me say this: uh, the Bay Area, we're all right now, like like uh, like it was stated before, uh, under attack. And uh, picture a large river and a, and 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 a lot of small pebbles all washing down the stream. That really signifies what we are trying to hold on to our businesses. And either either we're going to be able to maintain ourselves along along the stream and root ourselves where or, or we're going to be washed completely out of the picture. Now this San Francisco Business Times, the reason why I talk about that book is because that book has a plethora of information. It tells you the developing plans from Brooklyn Basin, how they're building 3,500, quote, unquote, affordable homes there that started about $400,000 along the Embarcadero, which, which leaves us out. The reason uh, Uber's here, uh, there are a lot of companies that are investing in this side of the bay because the real estate is too high in San Francisco, and they have the big bucks to do it. So these abandoned buildings are going to are, are going to eventually be be retrofitted and fixed back up. But big business is going to move in while we're pushed out. What we have to concentrate on is getting more active in, with the city council to find out what's going on. We need to go up to uh, 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 Sacramento to find out at a larger level what the plans are for the whole state because a lot of the trickle-down comes right here through Oakland. Uh, uh, earlier today, I mobilized with a couple of uh, 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 film, film people that, uh, for my first project. And at 6 o'clock in the morning, we were headed up to Sacramento. And the reason why is because there are two bills up there that, that, that affect us tremendously. And it's SB 443, which was introduced by an African-American senator named um, Holly Mitchell. Now, this particular bill uh, uh, helps us, uh, the small business person, a friend of mine, was starting his own business and buying a car for his daughter as a graduation present. He had $10,000 he, he $10, on him. He's going to go buy this. He had saved up for this, and he was going to buy, go buy this car for his daughter. The police stopped him. They profiled him, illegally searched his car, and took his $10,000. They, they, they claimed he was speeding. He was pumping gas at the gas station when they stopped him. Fast forward. It took him eight months to get his money returned to him. They 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 gave him the option of either signing off and saying that money wasn't his and they were going to let him go, 
or they were going to slap three felonies on him. They were accusing him of being a drug dealer just because he was a black man with ten thousand dollars. Wow. Now, now, uh, uh, again, SB four four three. What it does that's 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 called police for profit. And 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 they target African Americans primarily and other peoples of of culture, uh, mm-hmm. of, of color. And this is this bill addresses um, uh, property for uh, forfeiture. That's basically it's asset forfeiture. It's a bill that is designed to keep you from getting jacked by the very people that are supposed to protect you. So if you look at the if you look at the fact that the property is going up. And those of us who use the last of what we've saved up to start a business, you can get caught at the wrong time, and that could just be taken away from you with no explanation at all. It took him eight months to get his money back. He had to pay $3,000 of it in legal fees just to get $7,000 of the money back. The other bill, SB 1286, affects us again. It's going on right here in Oakland and across urban communities. Police misconduct and the fact that uh, police are, are, are monitoring, along with the local prosecutors and the DA, their own misconduct. So naturally, if you get to decide on whether you did something wrong, mm-hmm. you're going to say, no, you didn't. This bill right here allows us complete transparency when it comes to misconduct with police officers when it comes to uh, uh, being made aware of making their records public, if, if, if there's a rogue police officer roving around, right now the way the laws are is whatever he's being accused of right now is all that can be addressed in court. You can't, we don't even, we're not even privy to the information that he's had a history of violence, and this is his fifth, fifth, fifth or sixth shooting. And because he's protected that way, when the police finally see that sooner or later and the city and the city attorney's office and the, and the DAs and the prosecutors finally see that this guy's a liability, what they'll do is, 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 is fire him stealthily without us knowing about it, uh, offer him a pension or give him a chance to resign, at which time, because nobody knows about his record, he'll simply move to another state or another county and get another job as a policeman again. Absolutely. So all of these things, we have to take an act of this. Oh, oh, take, hold on, hold on, Corey. Corey, hold on. Yeah. Rodney, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, hey, Rodney, hey, with the rebuttal. You know, you know, Barbara, I am I am at a stage right now where, you know, we've got a group of kids coming out of uh, middle school and going to high school, high school kids going to college, and I think right now the fact of the, the the apathy that's going on with voting, I think we ought to teach them how you fire politicians, and that's by somebody mm-hmm. in your in your group who you want to support and move forward to replace. And I think that's the thing that's holding right now that's holding the growth of our culture, our African Americans back because back in the seventies, and we we had black council people, we had a black mayor, you know, I mean. We had that. So, you know, let's stop letting them fight us and let's start firing them. You're fired. You know, I, I, I like that. <laughs> I like that phrase. You're fired. And put Absolutely. Absolutely. And everybody, yeah. you know what? 
that is going down, and I want to implore all of my listening audience, this is your girl Barbara at Straight Talk, and you know we've been giving you the real deal about what's happening to our city, our home city, our love city, Oakland, California. Uh, we've been talking about the mismanagement uh, in uh, the city council. We've been talking about the mayor's apathy. Uh, let me just give you a couple of rundowns. Uh, Tina, I don't even know if you know this, but uh, did you know that Mayor Libby Schaaf forgot uh, in the process of all the things that she had to do to file for the monies for the youth programs, Corey, for this stuff? I, I heard so, something about that. Yes, yeah, I did. Many, am, many, many of our youth programs would, will not get the matching federal funds necessary for them to stay open. So our mm-hmm. youth will not have anything to do. She also uh, conveniently forgot to place uh, the paperwork together so that we could keep open the job centers and the employment centers that are out in the island they call East Oakland, which has become like East Palo Alto is to Palo Alto. Um, uh, mm-hmm. They have closed down the job centers, and many people, let's face it, when people don't have uh, economic resources, then job centers and places where you can get Wi-Fi and access to having your resumes done, where you can meet and hear about the new way that people are being hired and the new uh, contacts. I mean, even every every notable campus or meeting place, even a Starbucks, has a wall where people can come and place new ideas and new opportunities and be able to partnership. And, and, and this is what is missing in our city for those who are disenfranchised. Now, I, I really want you guys to understand that this is not all of a sudden happening to you. Corey, this is not all of a sudden happening. What is happening no, is over a period of time, we have not stood up We've allowed our neighbor to be displaced. We've allowed our neighbor to keep the secret of what was going on with the banks with their property. We've allowed the other neighbor who's elderly, uh, the kids selling drugs, we let the abatement society come in and take that house. And we figured, well, as long as it's over there across the street, I'm glad they're cleaning up the neighborhood. But what you didn't understand was that those houses, the ones that were left vacant, and the real owners were drummed out by the banks that those houses were being replaced by owners who don't even live in the United States, people who Mm -hmm. have no kinship and no careship to how you live, if you can make your note, if you can buy the property. They're not even considering residing in these properties themselves. So now we're faced with um, units on our block who are – uh, who who you can't even find out who the real owner is if you do have an is- interest in looking that up. Uh, for you, um, you know, since we have all our callers on the line, uh, Mr. Jeffries, he's with Soul Vibrations mm-hmm. on Thursday. Thursday, uh, and of course, and, and of course, we have Rodney Best here. Why don't you go ahead and tell us, if you don't mind, how what are you faced with in terms of where you're renting? You're at Seventeenth and Telegraph. And what do you what, what have they told you, and what do you think they really mean, and how do you think we can help you? Uh, well, first of all, they don't tell you anything. <laughs> you have mm-hmm. to uh, 
go out and, and seek information, or you have to read the little sign, the one sign that they may have posted uh, saying that this is what's happening and and a project manager called this number. Well, you have to actually call that number and, and ask questions and uh, make demands. Uh, Generally, uh, my experience has been that they will respond at that point, but they don't volunteer any information. Um, so when you I been at that location for a long time, so you know the owner. Yeah, I've been there for nine people. years. When I opened up uh, nine years ago, um, the only thing on my block in terms of, uh, like, I don't know how familiar you are with the area right now, but there, there's just a ton of bars and new restaurants and high-end, uh, you know, beer brewers, a lot of microbreweries. And when I opened up, none of that was there. Absolutely. There was one bar that was already there. Uh, about a half a block away from me. The uptown apartments were not done yet. The uh, Fox Theater was was not finished yet. It was under construction, but it had not opened up yet. So um, since I've opened, uh, if the transformation just started happening maybe about, I'm going to say about four or five years ago, it was once the Fox opened, all of a sudden just all of these vacant uh, spots just started being sucked up, just, you know, construction just went crazy. Um, for me, you know, all, that, all that was governor, All meant, that was Mayor Jerry Brown's project, that uptown, that, that whole uptown refurbished yeah. thing was Jerry Brown. Well, not only, not only the uptown, but the, even though the Fox also, even though the Fox had a lot of um, private uh, parties as well, but, you know, the school, yeah. the OSA School of the Arts, was a Jerry mm-hmm. Brown uh, project. And so, it, you know, it started off in portables. It started off actually at the Alice uh, Arts Center, Arts. and then yeah, it, yeah. It, it moved to the portables. And then once the Fox was complete, it moved to uh, the top floor of the Fox. But um, once See, it Jerry started was, happening, it just happened really, really quickly. And... Um, a lot of money is just pouring into Oakland, and it's coming in from other states and other. Um, it's it's not Oakland money, you know. Not to what? say that none of it is, but the vast majority of money that's pouring into downtown Oakland and is spreading not just downtown, but the Temescal District, Fortieth uh, and and Broadway, all that area. Uh, down the street from tech, you know, this money is just coming in from everywhere because right now China is just the spot to be. Everybody wants a piece of open. But like I said, I believe that at some point the bubble is going to pop. Um, you well, know, and, think, well, and, well, Tina, I think the bubble is going to pop because when let, – let, let me just break it down and make it real simple and plain. Anytime mm-hmm. a cannabis operation – is a more dutiful or a brewery is considered to be more advantageous to the neighborhood than an eatery or someone who is serving food. We got a real problem. Or or, or then housing. Yeah, you know, housing. Absolutely. Affordable housing. You know, because there, there, there's a lot of um, housing. There's, uh, you know, Uber has also purchased um, a couple of other uh, pieces of property. In the neighborhood, it's, they don't just have the Sears building. They purchase 
I don't know if you're aware of the beauty supply store that was across the street, right on the corner. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I don't, you know, they're they're gone. You know, they, they gave them like a matter of a couple of months. They put up a sign uh, going out of business, 80% off, and, and Uber probably paid to move them. They have moved on to San Pablo. So that's Uber owns that piece of property now. Um, that big uh, park area where the statues are right across from the uptown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the behind, apartments behind, and where they the where they put the statues yeah. and and so at mm-hmm. first they were talking about that that might be a parking lot or that it was going to be a park and they just couldn't decide what they were going to do there. Well, that's Uber. They're building a hotel, and the hotel is going to be to you know to house their floating employees, I guess. You know, the ones that won't actually be living here, but they you know when they come into town for whatever, whatever, you know, they'll have a place to house them. Well, do understand that Uber is an international company. Yes, and, and this is this is going to be their headquarters. This is going to be their international headquarters. Right, 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 right now, right now, Uber <laughs> is the fastest growing company on the market. They're worth seventy-eight billion dollars, sixty-three million of which they made right here in San Francisco. And the largest developers in the Bay Area, according to the San Francisco Business Times, are. are are the Chinese and the Japanese. We may not see them just like down there at Brooklyn Basin where there's 3,500 affordable homes at $400,000 a unit starting at around $400,000. But the same thing with the Bay Bridge and the investors who are building all the, uh, the majority of these developers are people that we have cut uh, uh, deals with long time ago. Long oh, yeah. time ago, for sure, and, and, and they've waited us out. You they've, know, they've waited they, the, the slow <laughs> gentrification thing, the incar- the mass incarceration, letting the schools go down, letting the jobs go down, and it's like it's, it's like it's like you could build something up, you you could fix, you could rebuild a house, but if you don't like the tenants in it, you just let it burn itself down, and when it, and when all the and when all the chaos ends, and and the people leave. And get locked up and get relocated. Once they're all out, that's when you start building, and that's exactly oh, and, and, what and it has happened. I mean, I, I'm, I'm telling you, when I stand out, so like I'm, I'm open late night on Friday and Saturday nights. The rest of the week I close at like five o'clock. But on Fridays and Saturdays, due to all of the bars that are now down, downtown, I stay open until midnight. So, okay. When I first started doing that, you know, sometimes I might have some downtime. I go sit outside just to get some air or whatever, and I just people watch. And and as someone else said earlier, you know, in terms of Oakland's culture, Oakland was one of the most diversified cities in the United States. At any given moment, you could see, exactly my point. you know, within an hour's time, you would see every nationality in the world walk the streets of Oakland. That has changed. That has changed. On a Friday or Saturday night now, I go outside to get some air, and I tell you. What what do you see? I see, I'm going to say I see 75% of the people that I see are uh, white or Anglo-Saxon, European, whatever. I'm going to say that another 20% are Asian. Yep. 
Uh, another uh, 5% are Indian, and then yep. the latter 5% are still people of color. Mix And, and I mix that with black and Hispanic. Yep. Wow. Where it used you know to be what? just the opposite. 70% yeah. of the people that I saw walking were people of color, and there may be um, maybe 20% people white or you know, let, what, let, let me let me break in here and just tell you guys something. Okay, so did you know that today I was listening to NPR, my favorite pastime, and uh, I I just got a story that came across the board, and they were talking about uh, Los Angeles and its great reduction of homeless, and what they did to uh, implement programs to make sure that people were not, even though they were getting displaced, they weren't homeless. Mm-hmm. And can you believe that they have placed 45%? Now, these numbers are always figurative. 45% of their homeless population has been curbed. And the reason why is because their new motto going forward is housing first. First, okay. we're going to house the person that's displaced, and then we're going to meet their needs on every other level, whether it's mental health, physical health, whether it's um, uh, their financial needs, what they have coming, you know, that, that's how they are triaging it. And excuse me, they are having a high success rate. But just the exact opposite is ha- happening here in Oakland where it is uh, thought that if you are homeless, that you are um, incapable or you are in resistance to what is the plan for moving forward. You know, uh, what is interesting here is we have on the line a business owner who's been doing good business in Oakland for nine years. Uh, We have the wealth expert, uh, Rodney Best here. We have uh, Corey Jeffries, of course, with uh, Soul Vibrations, which is on Thursday nights at 730, he and Dr. Kwaku. And all of these people are professional people. Sandra Smith, the film director, and everybody is acutely aware of how Oakland is changing. And we don't—we're not talking about Oakland as if it's a city. We're talking about the concern for the people who don't have a voice in this matter. So when it comes to our politicians, we really have to place it upon their hearts because now, mind you. Their, their, their housing is not an issue. Uh, they're not having a problem relocating. You know, they must maintain their address in a certain uh, 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 neighborhood in order to run for office. So we, the supporters of these politicians who are speaking for us, we must put pressure on them. If that means as Rod, Rodney, what did you say? You're fired? You're fired. You're fired. That's right. Corey, did you know that the city council is having a meeting next Tuesday at 7 o'clock, and they're actually moving forward with an eviction notice for Libby Schaaf and for the entire city council because they are not representing the people when it comes down to adjudicating rent control. And I is, is, is that your man you had on the show a couple of weeks ago, uh, the one who's yes. the photographer uh-huh. that works? Yeah, yeah. Yes, and mm-hmm. so... Uh, we also got information. Uh, we don't want to mention his name. He's not here to speak for himself. But I, we also want to mention that tonight they are having another meeting, and this meeting is talking about 
more than 100 <laughs> cannabis dispensaries to be placed in the uh, working parts of Oakland. I'm sure they're not talking about East Oakland. I'm still sure that people who care to fire up in East Oakland are still going to go to the same jail that they went to six months ago. Thank uh, you. We, we, we have a, a, a real disparity if we're not allowed to be on the bandwagon. Now, I'm not promoting cannabis, but what I'm saying is the train has left the station. And if it's only whites on the train, and they're the only ones that are allowed to uh, be the uh, garners of the weed market, then where does that leave black people? Nothing. Where does that leave us in terms of that particular frontier? That that leaves us even more vulnerable to it being considered uh, an an illegal act and and going to prison because the the uh, the average um, African American male that may be on the corner or wherever selling weed does not have the access. To opening up a cannabis club, I mean that's <laughs> just a reality. But his that may be his only way of feeding his family. Absolutely. And and his cannabis club is in San Quentin. That's where they are. Okay, so we'll see. We'll, so, we'll, see, we'll see the whole. We'll see. Those are the jobs that they have ready for us. The jobs are, for us are in the prison industrial complex, where we're thirteen percent. Uh, uh, Sixteen percent of the population in the U.S. and sixty percent of the prison population. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's all. That's all by design. That's absolutely all by design. When I was court, when I worked for the courts, I sat in on the very first cannabis forum at Circuit Court with five judges over four fifty Golden Gate at the federal building, and then medical marijuana was be, was be, was being introduced. There were AIDS patients. There were cancer patients. There were people with all types of uh, medical inflictions. And at the time, cannabis was supposed to be something that was uh, medical, had medical uh, 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 properties that could help with your appetite and things of that nature. And of mm-hmm. course, and of course, there's the recreational side of it. But once the government, which it always does, it sees that there's money that's going to be made here, whether it's underground or above ground, we might as well go ahead and take our big dollars and come in and bum-rush the spot the way Walmart bum-rushes the mom-and-pop stores all across the urban community. A lot of mom-and-pop shops got shut down just because they couldn't compete with with Walmart. When Mm -hmm. I was a kid growing up, my father was one of the first first CalPAC members. What CalPAC was was Black yep. Business Bar and Restaurant Association. Yep. The, the pawn shops, the liquor stores, those included, the, uh, uh, all the bars, those were all black-owned up and down East 14th all the way almost to, almost to Berkeley, from Round Trees, uh, yep. uh, uh, Justice West Club, Toller's Liquors, Lloyd's, yep. Ruthie's Inn. You could name all of those places. But see, what we feel the recognize is any time we flourish, like Rosewood, Tulsa, you can go back as far as you want to Black Wall Street, the government sees and they learn from us, actually, because if you, if you want to go back to ancient Kim in Africa, all these business practices of civilization came from the African-American community, and we are being picked like, like what buzzards do. Everything we do, they observe us. And, and, and I'm not speaking from a racial standpoint. I'm just telling the truth here. 
What the government has done, they broke our families up with the COINTELPRO thing when they threw drugs all over yes, the community. We didn't, we didn't manufacture drugs, guns, but there were but there are no slit malt liquor billboards up in Montclair anywhere. All that stuff was designed to to, to make us dysfunctional in our own community. Mm-hmm. So then they could come in, clean it up, move us out, take it over. You've got Chinatown, Japantown, Koreatown, over the Castro, Gaytown. What do we have? It used to be the neighborhood. Now the now the neighbors out of it's just the hood. That's all we that that's all we have. And it's for a lack of knowledge of how this system, this capitalistic system, does not endear itself to the African American man. And the best way to do that, to keep us split, is to split the black man and the black woman apart. Long as we aren't on equal covenant with each other in terms of holding each other up, encouraging each other. But unfortunately, we're too busy beating each other up about it as opposed, as opposed to saying, let's just do whatever it takes to reconcile so we can move forward and we can bring our families back together. Grandparents are raising the black, the black males and, 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 the, and, and the daughters and stuff now. And when they pass away and they don't realize that paying property taxes is relevant to keeping that house you inherited, the banks just simply come and just boot you out for not paying your property taxes. That's how West Oakland well, yeah, that, that's how time. West Oakland got lost. I mean, that's that's and and yeah. the the next thing to go. Uh, in fact, it's already going. Not the next thing to go, but it's already being bought up, and that's Sobrani Park. Oh yeah, it's, it's oh, already yeah. being bought yeah. up. It's just that oh, no, yeah. they're not moving in yet. Uh, yeah. You know, but it's being bought up, and they're five mar- years from now the they will they're be moving in. They're in the meat right now. They're in the school system in Sobrani Park, so they so they are there. I mean, if you go out to the to the school systems in Sobrani Park, you're gonna be. Mm-hmm. I think you'd be a little surprised at how many African American teachers we have and how many Caucasian teachers. That are in the school system right now, in in the in the in the in the kids, the population out there are mostly Mexican and African American. There you, you go. Exactly. We got we got Caucasians, male and female teachers who are out there educating our kids. But you know the the the, the thing that and what are they teaching us? The thing the <laughs> thing that, that that I that I really don't understand is we 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 are sitting here and we're saying things about what's needed, what's changed. But how did mm-hmm. how did the black community just say I am not somebody? How did it just say that? How did we say to our kids, pull your pants down and be proud? Whether to say to our kids, let's be black and be proud. How did we? And, you know, and I look at myself, and I hold myself as fault to doing that. Because, you know, every one of us had a walk and a run in our lives. Mm-hmm. But we had an opportunity in our lives where we could have made a difference for a child, for for many children. So, you know, today what I'm asking the African-American male and female 50 years and beyond, let's go back 
and start educating our children at home first. What it is to be black and proud. It don't mean to shoot somebody, to knock somebody down. It means to know that you can stand by your faith, stand by your people, and know that you can continue to accomplish things. We've accomplished a lot. I hope we I hope our kids start getting back into the commercial ownership and the commercial development of the East Bay as they call us now. It's no more Oakland. You know, we took it all what do they call the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. <laughs> that means that means they can Warriors. that means they can move anywhere and they're getting the heck yeah. out of all. Well, <laughs> but it's the Oakland Raiders, they want to get rid of the Oakland Raiders because they get they take that name. So Vegas. I'm looking, you know, I'm looking at myself. I'm looking at myself, and I'm look, I'm asking others to begin look at yourself. What can we do? I mean, Corey, you're doing something. Other people are doing something. What can we do to get these kids black and proud once again? The Black Panthers well, you, did it. You know? Well, you guys, we, we are at the, almost at the close of our show. I'm going to give everybody two minutes in closing to wrap up your thoughts. But I want to just, uh, I just want to start off by saying I went to a, a political function uh, this past week. And I'm not going to say who or why or where I was, but I will say the takeaway was very interesting on organization. And what the, what the takeaway was, the takeaway was they have us misidentified. We're being misidentified as the people who are not peaceful the people that are not business owners, because what we are are small business owners. What we are are professionals, doctors, and lawyers. What we are are people that want to live in peace and want to be included in the future. And I think that's what we have to do. We have to change our mentality. I think that's what Rodney's saying. And just realize that we're being misidentified. And then continue to operate just as we have been operating and and continue to patronize one another and stick and stay, just like Tina's going to do. Tina, I want to give you two minutes to wrap up, then we're going to go to Corey. Corey, you tell us who's on the show for Thursday. We would love that. And we're going to let Rodney close it out today. So go ahead, Tina. Well, I, I think that what's really important for the community, for African Americans, Blacks, whatever term you use, is that we have got to start patronizing each other. There are plenty of black-owned businesses. There's lots of them, from clothing to food to vitamins to doctors, lawyers, barbershops, beauticians. You know, sometimes you might have to drive that extra block and be inconvenienced a little bit to patronize uh, a black-owned business. And I'm not saying if you went to one and you weren't satisfied, well, then you know what? There's another one. You know, uh, um, don't be so quick to just, oh, well, I'm going to just go right here because it's just so close to me. If if there's a black-owned business that has what you're looking for, take the time to seek it out and patronize and let's keep our dollars circulating within our community so that we can move forward like the Asian community, like the, uh, 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 that's why there's a Chinatown. The money in Chinatown circulates in Chinatown probably 10 times, if not more. 
because they spend their money there. So that's a lesson that we can take from them, and we need to start patronizing. Because then what happens is that you give the business owners the opportunity to make enough money to, guess what, give someone a job because their business is growing. And, and you know, if your business is not growing, you, you can't hire anyone. So, you, you know, uh, we, we've got to start patronizing each other. Well, we thank you, and we're hoping that we'll get a chance to have you back on Straight Talk. And we appreciate the information, and we wish you the best over there. We've catered for, uh, to you, everybody. Uh, call, and uh, the number there is 510-208-2522. And just remember, make sure you're on DoorDash and all those other uh, yuppie uh, apps so that you can get the business that you deserve. All right. And, uh, Corey, tell us about what's happening on Thursday night with you and Dr. Kwaku on Solar Break. Okay. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to be addressing systematic changes within our government that uh, we need to be made aware of and that we can influence at both the local and state level. And with that being said, tune in Thursday to actually get what the actual information is going to be about and feel free to call in and contribute to it. Lastly, um, I believe in us as a people. And any type of people that can go from slavery to to, to, to getting where we are now without using weapons or anything show that we have the intelligence if we come together to change our circumstances. And so I think what we need to focus on, again, is, 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 is getting together in pockets, in groups of people. It takes more than just one. But, but if you take five fingers and contribute them all to the same direction, you've created a hand. We need to get people mobilized because, just like the young lady who just spoke eloquently said, China circulates their money ten times before it goes anywhere. And, and, and the money that leaves after the tenth time around is probably refuse being taken out to the garbage can. We need to circulate our dollars the same way. There's a need in our community, so all we have to do is establish ourselves. There are nonprofits that we can establish that will actually help build our communities and help keep the roof over our heads while we educate our kids from home at the same time. That's my, that's my take on everything. All right. Well, we certainly thank you, and we'll be tuning in to you at 730 Monday nights on Galaxy Talk Radio. Uh, we have uh, Compton Politics uh, with uh, uh, Lonzo Murphy, and then on Tuesdays is Straight mm-hmm. Talk with the Hired Brush, myself and Rodney Best, our hosts, Wednesdays, we have Rosalind Corner, and Rosalind is our entertainment director for Teaching Type Sale, and she uh, will have a wonderful show tomorrow at 7.30. Please tune in for that. Thursday night is Corey Jeffries and Dr. Pastor Kwaku, and they talk a little bit about current events, and, uh, well, you got to tune in, as you said. Uh, Corey, you. you're going to have a riveting, very interesting show uh, uh, for Thursday. And then we also have on Friday, Sandra Keys is giving us Keys to the Kingdom. And so that's a religious commentary. I, I hope everybody uh, tunes in to one of these shows in the week. We thank you very much. Rodney, I'm going to let you close out uh, with the words of wisdom uh, for this evening. Go ahead. 
So here, here's here's what I have to say to Alameda County Americans, Alameda County Black Americans, Negroes, colored people. Get off the bus. You know, we you know that 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 whole thing of getting on the bus has been out there. We think we can move forward. Hey, let's get off the bus and start putting down some new seeds and growing some roots, baby. Get off the bus. And if you, the person that you get off the bus in and they're not working for you, fire them. Just like we're going <laughs> to fire, fire people. Where's, fire. where's Donald Trump when you need him? <laughs> You're oh, fired. Fire, fire Donald Trump. <laughs> He's going to get fired. He's not going to make it. But listen to listen to what I'm saying, people. It's time for us to tell our children, get off the bus. Whether they're driving in a Lincoln Continental, a speed sports race car, running around, get off the bus and let's put some new seeds in the ground and give our kids an opportunity to move forward. Mm-hmm. We don't see them going behind the bar. We see them removing the bar. So my message, Barbara, mm-hmm. till next Tuesday when I see you again, get off the bus. <laughs> well, there you have it, everybody. We've had a right wonderful on. conversation. I want to thank all of my callers. Good. I particularly want to thank uh, T25CL, our parent company, which is coming out with United We Stand, and that's going to be soon. In Los Angeles, there will be a premiere, and also in Oakland, California, there will be a premiere. And that is about the global outreach uh, to try to stop poverty in the world. Uh, it's a culmination of many, many artists. It's a musical. It's a, a labor of love. Uh, T25 is going to be hosting, so you guys stay tuned for that. And again, we appreciate everybody. Thank you, Corey. Thank you, Rodney. And thank you, Tina. Thank you. Okay. And to all, a good night. Good night. Get lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.